Hello and welcome back to the Simplicity Diaries with me, Kim John Payne. For the last couple of weeks, I've been uh, visiting, as I often do, with uh, a bunch of schools, uh, helping uh, parents and teachers strategize around children who need extra support to be at school and thrive. And there are a number of um, hallmarks to a successful conversation with a teacher um, as a parent. And I want to run these by you today because it can be difficult to get a call from a school, you know, about your child, like a school doesn't often call to give you good news about your child, right? There could be something that's not going so well, um, something that has come up and the school calls and asks if you can come in for a meeting. And all one's anxieties uh, um, go up, right? It's perfectly normal, perfectly natural. Or on the other hand, something could not be going well at school and, and your child tells you, uh, about it and it's troubling to you and you request a meeting with the teacher just to work things through to find out what's going on but what those two things both have in common is is that uh, our anxieties can often be a, a little triggered in those situations because it's not it's not easy right as a as a as a parent you're going into a school and you're, in essence, playing an away game, if you know that sports metaphor, where a team goes to another an, another team's town to play. Now, no school intends that. They don't want that. They, they want us as parents to feel welcomed. They want us to, you know, feel a part of that school community. But Nevertheless, it, it, it's it's a it's a place that's not so familiar to you, um, particularly when you have a meeting. You're going to an unfamiliar room. You might be familiar with the with the parking lot and the pickup and maybe your child's classroom, but all of a sudden you're going into a different place, and it's it's just really hard to keep our anxieties in check. One of the main ways to deal with anxiety in any shape or form, but but in this in this situation, you know, through this lens, when one has to go into school for a meeting, is to have a bit of a roadmap. It's it's very securing to have a plan going into a into any uh, unfamiliar situations that that where you know fears rise up a little bit. And to have that kind of roadmap, uh, even just for even just for yourself, prior to going into a meeting with a school, uh, can help settle things down, and have you speak in a voice that's that's yours, if you know what I mean. Because we can often get in situations uh, in meetings at school where we're not really at our best, where our voice is, is nervous or maybe overly assertive or, you know, myriad uh, um, different voices <laughs> will come out of us. And even as we're speaking, we're thinking, oh, gosh, this is not 
this is not who I want to be in this meeting. It's not always like that, but boy, it, it can easily spill over into that realm, you know. So how can we be both um, you know, on the ball, we're ready for the meeting, but also have inwardly be relaxed and be really clear about about uh, where we stand and how we can support our child. And I want to uh, work through some of of these steps quite practically, really, about how we can both prepare and also um, be in the meeting, and then also how we can follow up to uh, be assured that that things are are being put into place and things are going better. So first of all, to go into a meeting um, like this, there's a little bit of preparation needed, both practically but on a different level. On a higher level, if you're into um, visualization, meditation, anything like that, one of the things that you can do is is really picture your child at school with the teacher you're going to meet and and picture them at their best. You know, picture the teacher when she or he or they are doing really well together and and keep that picture alive because um Often when we're going into a meeting at school, we're going to be talking about struggles. We're going to be talking about things that aren't going well. And one thing um, teachers really value is being valued. You know, they're doing a really tough job and they're not in it for the money unless they're delusional, right? They're doing one of the one of the world's toughest jobs, I, that, of that I'm sure. And when they come into a meeting and they they feel that the the parent uh, is yes certainly there to talk about some of the issues, but also recognizes that they're doing their best. Um, and their best may or may not be, in our opinion, uh, you know, all that's needed. But at least three nights or so before you go into a meeting with a teacher, see if, um, you know, before you go to sleep, just sit for a moment. It only takes, you know, it's, it's really 30 seconds, a minute. And just picture the teacher in, in their most caring capacity and, and hold that, that inner visualization for just, yeah, a short time. And try and do that um, repeatedly. You know, some people say, well, I, I do it for a week. Others say, I just, you know, can do it a little bit for one or two nights. Whatever works for you. But I, I find at least three nights of just holding a picture for a minute or so about the teacher with my child and um, have them be okay together. doesn't have to be fabulous or anything like that, but just have them be okay that kind of um, gesture is, it's, it's hard to put into words what that does. But when you come into the meeting 
and somehow invisibly you've been at least striving to see a balanced picture of the school and the and the teacher i think there's an invisible something or other that that uh, that a teacher can pick up because remember they're coming into the meeting also um you know, hoping things will go well, a busy day working with, you know, often dozens of other other children and they're moving into their into that meeting with you. And I think it's fair to say many of them will have a radar that will be fairly well attuned because they do these meetings often. And if we come into that meeting with a with a sense of underlying gratitude, if one can reach to that as a lofty aim, but a gratitude for the job that educators do, that might also open a space for gratitude that that the job that parents do. Gratitude um, kind of begets gratitude, really, doesn't it? And and if you can start the meeting with that, just carrying that within your heart, I am convinced, actually, because uh, I've been in the role of both parent and teacher um, and school counsellor, all these different roles, um, that it is that it is it, there's there's something that comes into the room. Okay. The next thing is much more practical <clears throat> in preparation, and that's researching things, really looking, uh, poking around the internet, looking at the books you might have, speaking with other people. If there are issues your child's experiencing at school, it's really helpful to do some reading about it, to be looking into it. An example of that is quite recently, actually, I was in a meeting where um, a parent had informed themselves about sensory integration issues because the child uh, was um, experiencing uh, all kinds of what what I, I know of as, as, as being sensory, def- sensory defensiveness in that it was very hard for him to be with other children without pushing and um, he was very unaware of the space he would um, sometimes take up uh, both with his voice but particularly um, practically, physically. He would take off his coat and, you know, kids were ducking <laughs> because he he just was unaware of where, where he was in space. But also he was very defensive if people came into his space. He was hyper-aware of his own and hypo-aware of others. And the mother got a call about this... Um, concern the school were having about her her uh, first grade son's um, seeming seeming sort of aggression towards others she uh, did some research looked around and the more she could read the more it seemed to her that this possibly could be at the at the core of it she wasn't really sure she um, wasn't a, a, a care professional in that way <clears throat> but because she'd done that research it really did inform the conversation and she didn't particularly come on strong about it uh, it was great to see her just saying look I don't know but I've been reading and this seems to be he he is he does push others and i feel awful about it 
but also he doesn't like scratchy labels on you know from from um, sweaters and such and socks the little creases in socks really bug him um, he uh, has a, a, a real real trouble with a number of issues that all seemed to cluster around him potentially needing some sensory integration or occupational therapy uh, treatment. And she held that quietly and just put it out there as a question, which I, I was really impressed by this mum's preparedness, but also she, she put it as a question rather than a, a statement. The, the other um, uh, way to, like, so when you actually, you know, you're about to come into a meeting with teachers, think about what your hopes for the meeting uh, will be. Not, not hopes for the, you know, ne next uh, year or two or three, but just hopes for that meeting, sit quietly and think, what are my hopes? What, what's my aim for this meeting? And then when you get into the meeting, and we'll talk more about that in a follow-up podcast, but when you get into the meeting, that's when that hope can be voiced. And we'll come more to that um, in, in a follow-up uh, to, to, to this little diary entry. So what we've talked about today has largely been about preparing for the meetings because we can often prepare for, like if you're a musician, for example, you prepare, you practice <laughs> for a concert. You, if, if we're um, you know, a sports person, we prepare and train uh, for uh, uh, you know, an event. Uh, a concert, an event, whatever it is, no matter what walk of life we're in, we tend to prepare. The same is true for meetings. We need to prepare. Yet so often we go into those meetings, which are the most important things, right? And we think we can wing it. We can just wing it. And um, not so. The, the preparation for these meetings uh, can turn our anxiety into a direction so that when we actually enter into the meeting, we, we're much more uh, calm and centered and can speak in our own voice, not in this sort of strange disembodied voice that we hear ourselves speaking in when there are tense meetings like this. Now, in the next uh, um, Simplicity Diary, I'll follow up with the, the actual steps for the meeting itself. And we'll, we'll talk about um, four or five quite concrete steps for the meeting itself. Okay, <laughs> hope that was helpful. Bye-bye for now.